This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks, and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Obers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Modern Drama Podcast this week. This week we feature Mike Sleet from Sean Mendez. Mike has been out with Sean for about five years now. And, um, you know, everybody says to me, oh, you, 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 you only interview all your friends, you know, and you say good things about them. No, that, that's not true. I just happen to have a lot of friends. And I say good things about them because I tell the truth. And if they're great, I let them know they're great. Now, this is the first time I'm going to be meeting um, Mike, and we're going to have a conversation, and he's great, and I don't even know him. I just know his playing. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Sleep. Hello. How are you? <laughs> welcome. Welcome. 
Thank you for that lovely intro. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure to, for us to finally hook up. I know we spoke on the phone and email a couple of times, but it's nice to finally yeah. get this going. Absolutely. So you've been, um, I, I recently, we would have been together today, but because of the world still being, you know, I, I'm tired of saying it. I, I thought a year, a year ago, I was going to have to stop saying it, but we're still in this little pandemic bubble. So we have to do it separately. Otherwise, we would have been together today, which would have been pretty cool. But yeah. we'll get together again. Sure. Um, you're in town in New York um, because of the MTV Awards that you guys did the other night. How was that? That was crazy. It was actually, uh, I, I learned this the day of, but it was the 40th anniversary of MTV. So because of it, they had Madonna out and just even drummer-wise, they had Tommy Lee was there. Travis Barker was there. Um, yeah, so it was a very, very cool experience. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, when you play, when you're with Sean, because you've been with Sean like five years now, right? Yeah. No, I think it's like, I think it's closer to six or seven. Probably wow. yeah, going on about seven now. So so you were with him from the beginning, beginning? More or less. Like he had, uh, I believe, yeah, the, there's only a handful of drummers he's ever played with. And some of them are like Questlove and... He did some stuff with Elton John, uh, so we played with Elton John's drummer. But like, I, I think I'm like one of you know maybe four or five drummers that he's ever played with in his life. So, and and, and you're basically a band member at this point. Oh yeah, more like more or less. It definitely feels like that. You know, it definitely feels very much like a band kind of thing. The show is very much like a rock band kind of. You know, it's not it's not your average pop show. <laughs> right. That well, that well, you see that that that's what brought you to my attention because. I like the fact that, you know, he's just, you know, let's face it, he's a pop superstar. Um, you know, he's a good looking guy. All the girls love him. They call him the new John Mayer, you know, which is not a bad comparison. Um, you know, so um, it, it, it struck me as a band, you know, more like, of course, he's up front and everything, but he kind of like features, you know, as much as he can, he kind of features the band. And, and I know you guys play like huge stadiums and sold out shows all over the world yeah yeah sean's reach is global like he is just uh yeah he is just a massive superstar all over the world so um yes yeah, so we're very fortunate to get to play some pretty big so let's let's talk about the process of you on stage um because i know there's a lot of sequences tracks triggers i mean i know electronics plays a big role you know Shout out to Roland. Um, I know you're a big Roland fan. Um, let's talk about the process of, of the live shows. Because first of all, how do you keep yourself like focused when you're playing in front of like 50, 60,000 people? That's one thing. Yeah. And then you got so much. Tell us what's in your ears and 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 how you, you know, you 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 you, you put that stuff out from the yeah. record. Yeah, so in the ears, I in that uh, in that I have to stay so close with the tracks. Um, I have a lot of tracks in my ear, um, and I have the rest, and I have a fair bit of myself, um, and then the rest of the band is sort of nicely kind of mixed in there. But the the main thing I need to listen to is uh, percussion stems, you know, on the tracks and stuff like that, because if I'm like, the, there's there's some songs where the percussion stem might be a little bit behind, so if I'm playing right on the beat, now it's that all sounds out of time. So I make sure I I get my percussion stem super high. Um, um, yeah, so, so then as far as, um, as far as tracks and stuff like that go, we, we, um, 
you know, in this pop world, it, it's, it's very track heavy. That's just the nature of the music. But what we were able to do with triggers is take the majority of the actual drum elements out of the track. So um, the percussion track will have things like shakers and stuff because we don't have a, a percussion player on stage. So, um, so with triggers, I'm able to replicate all of the sounds that you would hear on a truck. Um, you know, it's, so it's, it's, so it's nice. Like there's no, um, there's no flamming or anything like that with the track. It's I'm, I'm physically playing the actual album sounds or. So do you use the shakers and everything as your click or do you also have a click? Oh, 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 I also have a click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The click is slamming in my ears. Sometimes at the end of the night, it's like, wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That see that, 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 that's an important thing. Now growing up, did you practice playing to a click or playing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, you know, one of my first, um, one of the first things I started using live was the, the Tama rhythm watch, I think it was called. And it yep. came out about, you know, it was probably 15, 20 years ago or something like that. Um, so I'd always have this on stage and none of the bands I was, I was with, were able to afford laptops or anything that were powerful enough to, you know, actually have a track show. So, um, yeah, so I would just have this like this little click and I'd have it programmed with all my different tempos and stuff. So I got very used to uh, performing with the click live and everything. Um, and yeah, and just outside practice, sometimes it goes a little too far, you know, like you, you, you get become so dependent on this click. So, um, yeah, I really like to turn it off a lot and just, you know, try to see. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you know we, we all know there's that push and pull because you don't want it to sound so stiff and yeah. mechanical. You know, you want that little element of that live feel. So yeah. practicing with a click, as we all know, you have to learn how to play on it, behind yeah. it, and then in front of it to make it move a little bit, which is, you know, it takes, pra takes practice. So yeah. I was reading in your bio that, well, you're, you're from Canada. And uh, you live here now in the States or you, you no. go? You I'm in Toronto. Yeah, I'm a Toronto. Go back. Toronto, born and raised. Is Sean from Canada? Yeah, he's from just outside of Toronto. Uh, this this little town called Pickering. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's. Is that, and, that, and that's how you guys met? No, um, I met him. I, I actually auditioned for him. Hadn't met him yet. Um, but I, I'd, I'd sort of been touring a lot throughout. Uh, Canada and the States and a little bit of Europe with a bunch of different yeah because you you were popular in Canada you started to get on the studio scene and yeah yeah um yeah with, Sean started to kind of get a lot of traction over here in in uh in the States and then yeah when the the the, uh, the gig kind of came around it was between me and a couple other guys and uh yeah and it was just a really good fit so so I had never actually met him until I became his drummer. <laughs> but in the early days, it wasn't really, um, it was more like, okay, well, we need a drummer for, you know, this amount of shows or something like that, do that. And I kind of thought, you know, nothing was going to, I wasn't like, you know, I thought there was a very good possibility I wasn't going to continue on, you know, I'll just do a couple shows, have a bit of fun and then, you know, do something else. But it's just. At, at this point, he's still low key though, right? Yeah, yeah, very low key. Well, f funny enough, we have this award show in Canada called um, uh, the Much Music Video Awards. So Much Music is like our MTV. Um, and so my first gig with him was that award show. And um, some other small like theater kind of shows and stuff just 
just out, outside, out west in Canada. Um, and then, and then things just started going crazy for him. And then, you know, we started this world tour and, um, and then I did his first world tour back in, I guess, 2015 or 2016. And then it was like, okay, well, we're going to do another year of promo. So, all right. So then, you know, it just kept on going and going. And, and now, um, I'm very fortunate to, you know, feel like a member of the whole operation. That's great. That means you're doing your job and, and your personality because we all know personality has a lot to do with it because it could be 10 drummers that play equally well but we all know yeah the drummer who's going to get the gig is the one that you kind of get a connection you know the artist gets a connection and hangs out so yeah. that's a cool thing so in canada i read that you were rejected by humber college yes what, 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 what is humber college i mean three <laughs> years i mean what tell us that story like what what, what is, obviously it's a music school yeah, so Humber College is sort of... Hey, Humber College, look. <laughs> we're on the Modern Drummer Podcast. We're doing something right here. <laughs> um, See, we're going to school, got you? Not going to school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like uh, coming out of high school, my band wasn't... You know, my, I, I thought my band... I, I was in a band that uh, we were pretty busy. You know, we were doing very small, like, community centers or very small clubs and all this kind of stuff. And how old are you at this time? But you're, still, you're still fairly, you're still a baby. So how, how old now are you talking? I'm about to turn 34. That's still a baby. So <laughs> back back then, how old are you? Probably like 17 or 18. And uh, and so, so this is like, uh, you know, like towards the end of high school. Um, the band wasn't really blowing up in the way that I had anticipated it, <laughs> it was going to. As okay. most bands probably don't, you know? But um, yeah, but then I'm like, I really want to make a run at this. So the band's not doing that well. So I need to go to school. I have to go to school. So I just started, I tried to learn everything that I possibly could have, you know, with like reading and um, yeah. And all that kind of stuff was denied the first year. And I get the feeling that maybe my, like my theory, my, my theory, uh, my theory chops as far as like, other instruments kind of go you know like piano kind of relations like intervals and all this kind of stuff i sort of got the feeling that maybe that wasn't up to par but i thought you know i'm, I'm a pretty good drummer um so so then i spent the next year learning how to play piano i was taking piano lessons and i learned you know key changes and all this kind of stuff and then went in the next year swinging like ready to go i thought i had everything learned um denied again and i'm like <laughs> what the hell like so anyway after the third time i sort of realized that i think it's more of like like humber college is essentially our berkeley it's like pretty much like that you know it's it's like the mi of canada or something right right um, but they're very at least when i was auditioning they're very jazz based and i've never been a big jazz drummer as i i love jazz i love to play jazz but i play jazz like a rock drummer <laughs> you know so like um me too. I, okay, so it's not necessarily that I can't be a musician and I can't do this as a job. I just can't do it the way they want me to do it. And I think that's been the main the main plus about about what I do is now like artists don't want you to do it. Artists don't want to hire somebody that plays like a Humber musician, <laughs> you know, Humber College. They want to hire somebody who has uh, creativity and not to say that those musicians don't have creativity. But they want somebody who, you know, is going to come in and play their music how it should be played, but also add a personal flair and have, 
you know, add some add some character to their music. So um, I, I think I think it was a blessing that they turned you down. I I kind of do too. It didn't feel like that. Well, that, year, but <laughs> right. Well, see, this is the thing in life. You know, I always go back to circumstances. If this didn't happen, that wouldn't happen. If you weren't here, that wouldn't happen. You know. So I think you know you you may if you did go to school. You might be playing in some jazz orchestra now, not being so happy or just as a gig, as a job, because you can, you know, you learned how to do it. And but that wasn't your passion. So yeah. at the time, right, it feels like, oh, my God, I must. What am I not good? You know, you must have doubts and you must have all these things in your head, you know, especially at that age. You, you know, so I think the way it worked out, it was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do. Th I, I kind of think I, I, I agree. Like, I feel like um yeah it's it's like i never got a piece of paper that says that you're a musician so because of that i've had to work twice as hard and i never feel like i'm at, like i'm totally there so i'm always constantly working trying to figure out uh new ways of playing and new new things because i i was like nobody handed me this thing that said all right congratulations <laughs> you can yeah stop. which which i hate to say is bullshit yo yeah yeah, it means. Well, I mean, obviously, you proved it. You are a great musician. You 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 you, you held on to this gig. There's proof right there. Sean could get anybody to play drums live with him. It's like you know he could hire the best people that you know whoever. So yeah. you obviously you did your job. So you don't need that piece of paper. And no. the, the point of this whole thing is, you have to be passionate, right? Yeah. Do your thing and what you feel your gut feeling is and, and the career that you want to have. Yeah. Put the blinders on. Go for it. You know, yeah. you don't you don't you know, you don't. It's nice to get validation from people and, you know, hear, hear people say you're great. But when you're playing in front of 50, 60,000 people and those people are screaming, you That's know, enough. <laughs> even, if there, even if there's 100 people in there that are just cheering for you, who cares? It's like yeah. you're, you're doing your job with a superstar. So yeah. congrats, congrats on that. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. And maybe the school now, you know, I, I'm hoping that schools start to realize that, you know, this is the thing. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, jazz, yes, jazz players, you have to be a great player to play jazz, but sometimes that takes away from when you want to play rock because yeah. playing a little too much and, you know, you're playing fancy and, you know, I could, you know, we could go on and on about that. You know, I, I've interviewed so many people and they say, you know, they were yelled at you know, they're, they're virtuoso drummers. They could play chops galore. Yeah. But playing a groove is not so easy. You know, there, yeah. there, there's a thing to play into a song and, and, and you know, playing to a groove. Yeah. So now um, on on recordings, do you do you play on 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 any of the recordings? No, Sean, Sean has like very much has his own process. It's it's more or less like I've played on a few of the things and uh, but it's mostly pretty much just replicating everything live. Um, yeah, like he, he likes to go into a studio and he has his, his studio team and they, they just sort of work away. Um, and he doesn't always have a live drummer that plays on it, on it. A lot of times it's programmed. Um, but like, I'm also in Toronto and he does a lot of recording in LA. So, um, I think Aaron Sterling played on a couple of the tracks from his, his last record. And, um, I think he played on a couple, like he's, he's a pretty decent drummer himself. Really? So, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an incredibly talented young man. <laughs> he's 23 right now, and he isn't. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as a songwriter, singer-songwriter, um, you know, he, he deserves to be. I'm happy. 
I'm happy because, you know, I always say it takes me so I'm a music junkie. I need new music, you know, and, you know, of course, I'm I'm, I'm older, so I still get into this stuff. But thankfully, your generation still gets into my, you know, my generation's music, which is a great thing. But, you know, it's it's very hard for me to find young people that I can respect and, and I really like. And Sean was one of those people, yeah. which obviously brought me to say, OK, now who's playing drums and, you know, yeah. take, you know, for us. But um, yeah, no, he's got, he definitely has a, he'll be around, which is yeah, which is good. Hopefully you guys will, you know, you will get on records eventually with him. And, you know, if he has this, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. you, you, let's go back to talking about playing live. So Roland, right. Cause you're a big, you're a Roland endorser. Yeah. Um, who, what are the gear? What, what, what's your gear? I know you just signed with DW, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I signed with DW back in 2018, I believe. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of uh, just, just just when everything was shutting down, right? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I started yeah, like right um, our last tour, I got this beautiful dream drum set, uh, DW Collectors, um, with like this nice custom finish that I came up with. You know, like a, I I got a couple of the other guys on the road, and we sort of came up with like cool kind of design and stuff um uh yeah so like a beautiful dw kit with a gong drum um and then we put triggers over everything and yeah but like not not triggers to change the sound like we use we use triggers uh sorry not triggers to like like try to be a tom or something like that the, the triggers to add other electronic elements so we get a killer drum sound and then we'll add in little things like maybe we might put like claps on the snare drums or something. Right. So um, that's what we like. I, I think a lot of times triggers can be um, misunderstood as something to make bad drums try to sound, you know, like try to put a really nice tom sound to try to make these bad drums. But we do not do that. Like we have the best drums, um, and then we just put crazy stuff in, um, and we also use them for gates. So this helps the front of house guy helps the monitor guy we, we we split all of our all of our triggers so one side goes to uh i have two roland td50s and uh, so that they run like some kind of sometimes we have these really like crazy tom kind of things um that sort of go with the lights and stuff so one side goes to the td50 then the other side goes to front of house and they control gates and you get this like super immediate control of the gate um yeah, so like symbols don't open up the gates or anything like that. It's just just off pressure. So it's only when I hit the drum. So uh, it's it's pretty controlled. Now, do you do you have control? Do, do you have your own mixer? Like what's like what do you have in your ears? Like what's in, no? Yeah, ears. We have a monitor guy who is killer. His name's Mike Flaherty. He is just like yeah, he just really gets it. So <clears throat> I rarely have anything to say to him. You know, it, he kind of he sets my he knows what we all want. We've been with him for now four years or something like that. So he knows what we're looking for. And we just that's, did. That, that's the great thing about in it is. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did like after the VMAs, we did, um, I guess, about a week and a half of rehearsals here in, here in Brooklyn. Um, and I had like two, two requests the entire time. He just went and just set my monitor mix and it was like perfect right away. So no, that, that, yeah, that, no, that that's cool when you when you have um, it's set and then you don't have that's one less thing to worry yeah. about going out. So symbols, uh, Sabian, right? 
Sabian symbols. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. Who, um, whose who sticks do you use? I use a Canadian company called Los Cabos. Oh, they are. On, I'm telling you, these are like the greatest. They're the greatest sticks. It's if I would have to compare them to some to a brand, they're probably closest to like Vader. Um, but not without knocking any other companies, I find these are the most durable sticks I've ever I've ever used in my life. Like I, like for instance, I was blown away at the end of we did a yeah we did a week of rehearsals like seven day a seven day week of rehearsals. I broke one pair, so I broke two sticks in seven days, and I I beat the hell out of the drums. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like you're hitting the drums easy. You're you're rocking. Yeah, yeah. So I like I that between that and like just feel. I, I use um I use their five A intense. I have yeah. No, it, 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 you know, <laughs> people don't realize uh, you know how important drumsticks are. You know when you're growing up, it's funny because like you know at one time I used to teach back in the day and the yeah. students like they treasured their drumsticks like they didn't want to chip them they didn't want to break them you know and now it's like it, they're pretty expensive drumsticks but you know you there's a certain you know you could pick up even even whatever brand. Yeah. You could pick up five of the same pair, but one of them is going to just feel just right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when I when I first started, I couldn't really afford drum. You know, I'd buy like three pairs of drumsticks and do my best to not break them. And they'd start breaking. So then I'd start gaff taping them <laughs> up. <laughs> like, my new six. <laughs> I know. It's true. And then, and then all of my symbols and everything just have sticky like tape all over them and stuff. <laughs> So, so what, what, what symbol, what, what savings are you using? Um, I always have at least one ozone, love the ozone. So I have, um, I use an 18 inch ozone. I use an 18 inch evolution crash. Um, currently I have 16 inch legacy hi-hats, which are unreal. Like I, I don't think I had to get them custom made because we were really going for this Steve Jordan kind of thing. You know, those really big hi-hats. But I didn't want to go to like 18s or something like that. Like I don't know what Steve uses, but he uses some big hi hats, right? Yeah. Um, and and th those are Peisty. Yeah, he uses Peisty, right? Um, yeah. And then I have I use a 22 inch Evolution Ride. Um, another I use a 19 inch Evolution Crash, and then another 16 inch Ozone. And that that's basically like. For your live rig you keep it pretty much the same right more or less do you change out snare drums or do you let the triggers just change i i have in past it's always you know it's always difficult because it's like i i don't necessarily know how quick a transition is going to be or anything like like we we're in the process of uh putting together a new show we like sean just announced a bunch of dates yesterday for um for a world tour we have coming up next year so it, it'll sort of just depend on the flow, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I do that a fair bit where, where I'll have like one really deep snare drum uh, and sort of use it for certain things. But I more try to just change the sound of the drums without moving the actual drums. Like um, also with triggers, if I move a snare, I have to unplug a trigger, make sure I'm not on a patch that has a trigger sound. So when you unplug it, it, it doesn't right. blow, you know, it's like, so I, I try a to cow sound all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it out. It's like a cat's meow. It's like, yeah. why did I go to the cat sample? <laughs> um, but uh, but I try to use things like big fat snare drums and you know like I, I use all that kind of stuff to change the kit. And if I can't do that, if I can't change the drums enough, 
to cater to the song with that, then I will trade it a snare drum. Right. Um, it also yeah. just uh, makes me well, like you say, and like you say, um, you know, your your his show, Sean's show, your show is very. It's a show. Oh, you know, yeah. it's not. It's not just get up and play. You know. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it, it's a show. It's a, so you guys play in that show. So it's it's almost like being on Broadway, and you know, yeah. it's a theatrical. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you got light cues and you know all of that. So yeah, you know, that, and that's and that's not you know a lot of people a lot of people can't do those kind of gigs. They're not prepared to do those kind of gigs because yeah. you know as everything evolves. Again, going back to what you want to do. So yeah. if you would have went to school, they wouldn't have taught you that. Now, that's not something that they teach. Which yeah. schools? That's something that should be taught. But you know, what do I know? Yeah, that and and a basic understanding of like some recording programs, you know, like I noticed, like, I don't think, I don't think that school that I mentioned do any of the recording stuff. I'm not actually sure because I didn't actually go, <laughs> but like, I, like, have, like um, having the knowledge to run like Ableton or a little bit of Pro Tools or something like that. Like I, I went like for years, I was always running backing tracks and stuff. For some reason, the drummer in Canada runs backing tracks. This is just like how, you know, we're holding drumsticks. Why not give this guy a computer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's I. I feel like sort of by by getting really deep into triggers, I'm kind of taking it back to the drummer. You know, like, um, yeah, like like uh, like you say, like with electronics, it's, it's kind of it it was taken away from us. You know, like a producer is just sitting there just doing all that kind of stuff, but with triggers and all this stuff, I'm able to replicate all this stuff live and I'm playing it. So you're hearing these sounds and I am physically playing them on the drums right. or, or I have pads or I have stuff, but I am playing it. It's not, it's not loops. It's not anything. It's like a drummer is, is producing these sounds. So, and that reminds me like, cause back in the day, I was one of the first people to have Simmons drums here in the States. So that gave me a lot of work and I only wanted them because I was programming the drum machine and triggering the drum machine. But now I could play what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Now I could play that sound. What, yeah. what was the first thing that you heard or the first person you heard do that, that inspired you and said, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, my, my uncle, it's funny you mentioned Simmons cause my uncle just, he just moved and he gave me uh, his very first Simmons kit. It was <sighs> uh, the uh, SD one. SD five, SD five, maybe it's the, it's the one with the black pads. Um, yeah. Yeah. SD, yeah. It's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a five. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so, uh, when I like, before I had even started, he always had that set up. So and you have them. Tell me you have them. I currently have them. Yeah. And oh, I, because I saw, I sold mine so many years ago and I wish I did. Yeah. I, I have them back in Toronto. They're so cool. Like the things you can do with it. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, like like I I um I posted a video on my Instagram a little while ago of me just kind of messing around with them. I don't know. I had the best day of my life <laughs> just messing around with these things. And I, I mentioned it to, to my uncle and he's like, oh, those things always sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to like the sounds now and you can yeah. get all those sounds in all the other kids now.
Have you played the new Roland kit that looks like a drum set? Yeah, the VAD. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I messed around with one a little while. Oh my gosh. A lot of people are starting to use them on stage now and you can't, yeah. you know, you can't tell. I know uh Journey's out and Dean Castronova, he you know, he's out with Nana Michael Walden, they're both doing double drum and Dean, you know, besides his amazing vocals, he's got that rolling kit and a lot of people don't realize that it's you know, they think, you know, in the audience, they just yeah. think it's a you know drum set. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of thinking about adding a couple a couple to my uh yeah, to my kit for this next tour. We'll see what happens. I don't. Yeah, I, might but, go, I might go more electronic. Yeah, I hope next year, you know, everybody could get back out and 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 really play without having to be worried. And yeah, you know, we we the world has to get get their shit together on every aspect, man. It's really uh, scary times, but it really is. I believe things will get better and hopefully teach us a lesson. So that that's all yeah. we can. And hopefully, we'll actually remember the lesson this time because I feel like we've. Something like this has happened many times in the past. and Exactly. That's a very good point. And your generation, we have to, you know, you are, you know, you say you're 34. That's, you know, that's young. Um, we, we have to take care of the, the future. It's like, you know, it, 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 things have to get done. But, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to go on my old man rants. But no, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. let's go back to you um as a child like what made you want to play drums my uncle uh yeah like my uncle was i guess he toured in the state. what's your uncle's name uh brian mcguire okay let's give him a shout out yeah um yeah so he toured like throughout the late 70s 80s and uh he still had like his very first real drum set that he bought i guess he it was a very you know i, I I feel like a lot of people probably have the same story. You spend, you know, you get a very beginner drum set and then spend all of your money on your first, like, real drum set. <laughs> so he has, he still has it. He says, I'm going to get it when I, when he dies. Oh, <laughs> man. Kind of a it's, it's a classic kit. Whatever it is, yeah. it's a classic kit. It's, it's like a, it's a Ludwig from 1974. Oh, man. That's, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it is. It's nice. Yeah. And like two bass drums. Um, uh four or five six toms a gong you know like the whole it's the whole thing um does so he still I, play does he still play he plays a little bit yeah every time i'm over there i'm like get behind the drums i'm like let's go let's go play the drums um that's great yeah yeah he doesn't play as much as he used to but um yeah so that was really that was it it was like and then and then who who, who was your influences when you were growing up Travis Barker was probably my number one. Uh, I I grew up when Blink-182 became, you know, they became this huge band. So, uh, yeah, Travis Barker was just massive for me. Like, just an app. But, it, like, I, I would strive to learn all these, all their albums. And a lot of the drumming on that is very fast and very complicated. So, you know, we're talking, like, you, I couldn't go to school, right? So my school was learning to play Blink-182 records <laughs> and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a great workout. <laughs> and awesome. that, that, Travis was a great inspiration and a great teacher. You see, yeah. there's, there's, Travis is one of those guys who influenced a whole generation of drummers. Yeah. You know, there's drummers that, of course, come up through the years, and they're great drummers, but there's only a handful every decade or so, you know, maybe a three every decade that influence everybody to play. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And sure. that's, a big, that's a big difference. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I realized this afterwards, but it seems like Travis sort of took a, a fair bit from like a Tommy Lee or something, but then right. you know, maybe took a lot from. Pass the torch. Everybody passes the torch. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, you know, there, you know, of course there's that saying, there's always going to be a new kid on the block, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It just, it, it's inevitable. You know, it's just like, you know, how people compare Sean to John Mayer. Yeah, not, not to make comparisons to anybody, but everybody always makes comparisons. Oh, he's the next so and so. Oh, she's the next so and so. You know, but that's yeah. the way it goes. That's the that's the way of the world. And yeah. then everybody has to figure out in this business, especially now, how they can sustain their career and, and keep that going. Yeah. So it leads to the next thing or the next thing. If this don't work out, then you know, because it's getting harder and harder. Oh, as Maroon Five would say, to breathe. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, really difficult for your generation because you grew up, your generation grew up with free music. Yeah. So that's a whole, you know, different side of the business now that it's not that money can't be made because money is being made. It's just not going to the artist or the performer. That's that's the problem. You know, yeah, but those are taken at all. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, your generation has to really understand the business, study the business, learn X many questions as, you know, don't sign anything without like, you know, go by your gut feeling, you know, no, no matter who it is, yeah. you know, no matter who it is, you have to always be well aware of, of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, in, in a lot of ways, the, the industry kind of flipped, right? Cause it was, didn't it sort of used to be that you would tour to support the album, but now it's almost like, you know, you put out an album to support the tour or something. Yeah. Like, everybody's making all the money off the album. That's it, or right. Tour, whereas right. they used to make all the money off the album. And then you see what happened? Nobody knew a pandemic was gonna happen. So then all of a sudden now tour and stop. So now the whole music industry not making any any uh, money from uh, streaming or, or record sales or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and now they can't make money from touring, which is their only, which, and merchandise, which was their big, big income, yep. you know, but we have to get it back. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm praying for somebody from your generation or the generation that's coming up, you know, even, even under you, uh, somebody to please get this business back in order, yeah. you know, um, because otherwise, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's going to be difficult for, for people to, to make a living making music. And, I always say this, if, if, if you could make music for free, then you could give music away, but yeah. you can't make music for free. So it, you know, you have to be compensated. And if that's your job, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, otherwise then food should be free. I say this all the time. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Restaurants. You know, should be free. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? Uh, you yeah. know, it's like, or, or every, every, every price should be the same in every restaurant, you know? Yeah. But what do I know? <laughs> we, we we played uh last night we played our first well i personally played my very first show in front of people since we finished a tour in 2019 in mexico city um so yeah so last night there was about 400 people in uh irving plaza all masked you know and everybody had to be vaccinated and everybody had to be tested. oh yeah you you invited me i still was in the yeah, yeah I, I i'm still a little leery about absolutely yeah yeah, so we played that last night, and I can't tell you the amount of energy and like the amount of excitement and all this stuff. I haven't felt like I personally haven't felt that in a while, but I think it was, you know, I think the rest of the crowd got it too. There was, 
this energy that wasn't just like sound energy. It was, it was almost overwhelming. Like you could feel this power coming off the stage and it's just a concert, man. So that's and, we have to get and, that. Back. Like, and you know, it's funny in urban plaza, sometimes the floor actually moves. So oh, like, yeah. You, yeah, it's like sometimes when I'm up in the VIP section in the balcony, which yeah. everybody's like, oh, you get to go to VIP section. It's the worst place to watch because yeah. you got to look over the railing and there's people on you. But, um, you know, when you're on that floor, sometimes that floor feels like it's like it's actually so I could just imagine the energy. Oh, but you God. see, that's what people need. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just that, you know, we, we all just still have to be careful. And please, oh, yeah. be, please be careful when you're out there, because, you yeah. know, it, it, it's it's still a, a little strange situation. That's the only word, way I could put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It, yeah. Like, a, like, so we played last night for. Uh, I think there was 400 people there and Irving Plaza probably holds 1200 or something like that. So it didn't even look that busy, you know, um, but we're getting ready on Saturday. We're doing global citizen in central park to like 50,000 people. So right. I don't know what that's going to be like, you know, like, uh, it's going to, you're going to feel the energy. I mean, that's the whole thing about playing live, you know, feeding off the audience and getting that feedback and then your adrenaline. Now, how, well, you have the click, which is important because oh, yeah. we all know your adrenaline's like always, you know, yeah. so that the energy is up. So um, do you always, speaking about that, do you always keep everything at the same tempo or for some songs, do you niche it a little bit? Does Sean ever say, let's play this one a little bit faster? Can that be done? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, um, the way our, our track guy has all the tracks set up is they're all like on a on a grid. So literally it's as simple as just changing the tempo of, of, you know, that section of music. So it might sound a little weird, <laughs> you know, cause like some of them are, it's all audio files, right? But you could technically just change, like we don't change it for a show to show basis, I would say. Right, um, right, okay. Like when we're in rehearsals, I'm kind of always like, ah, let's bump it up a couple, you know? And then Sean's like, yeah, let's bump it up a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because kind of that's, that's the ebb and flow of that. <laughs> Of even when you're cutting tracks together as a group, which a lot of people don't do anymore. Yeah. But that's what makes, you know, not to the point that we all know that you can feel it, but yeah. you, you're feeling subconsciously, you're feeling it, but it's not so drastic that you're like, going, oh man, that, that's what the hell's going on with the time there. You're just feeling that energy up and down, which is what makes the human element of music. That's why back in the day, all those records, no, nobody used a click back then. Oh. Nobody. No. Well, um, I, what I love hearing is uh, I, I listen to a lot of James Brown. And so you listen to the record and they seem pretty, you know, they're quick, but like at a nice tempo on the record. You look at any live James Brown videos. It's like like they must play them, you know, 10 beats faster or something like, you know, it's like <laughs> I got you. I don't know. It's super quick, but um, well, it, it's going around on the Internet now. Poor Charlie, Charlie Watts. You know, everybody's ragging that, you know, um, brown sugar because they found isolated tracks of brown sugar, you know, and you could hear it speeding up as the song is, you know, going on and on. It gets faster and faster. Now, when you listen to that record, you don't feel that at Never. all. No. Never. Yeah, I, I, I believe I saw the exact same thing as you. I had no idea because it doesn't feel like that. It just that's what the music wanted to do. But nowadays, yeah. like you, you things are on a grid and it stays that exact. You know, that's the tempo of the song. The tempo is this. It's right. not, it doesn't go faster. It doesn't slow down or anything like that. 
Yeah, that's and, 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 what, and what we said before about learning how to play with the click, you know, that's important. What, what tips do you have on that, like about learning to play with a click? Yeah, so what I do outside of just practicing everything to a click, you know, whatever tempo it is, I like to do things, um, I do something called a gap click. So I'll just go in some sort of like audio program or there's even some, um, there's like some Roland interfaces that just do it. But essentially, you know, for example, you could have one bar of click, one bar of silence, and then a bar of click comes back in. So it, it helps your timing because you play, you're playing to a click and then you hear nothing, but you have to keep up that tempo uh, for when the click comes back in. So I like to do exercises where I'll just play like a really simple groove um, and play to a, you know, have like maybe one bar of click and eight bars of silence. And then, so you just have to play and keep perfectly in time so that when the click comes back around, you hit beat one with the click perfectly. Um, and then I push even further where I'll just have one, like one sound <laughs> and have to be able to play it back. Because, you know, you can take it as far as you want. Um, but that's a very, very good uh, click exercise as well as just just general, um, yeah, just general timing exercise. I like to do that. And I also like to do, I also like to displace the click a bit. So I'll play, um, I'll put the click on the end of the beat or something. So I'd be like, boom, you know, and keep it there. Right, right. You know, or I'll put it on like the last 16th of every bar. Um, so it's like, uh, um, and then just play, you know, just something in 4 4 or whatever. Um, and yeah, just kind of do that kind of stuff. Uh, and I find that displace click, it really helps your, it really helps your groove, your timing, everything, because it, it's almost like when you put it on the, you know, say you're just playing like some sort of eighth note groove, it almost feels like you have a full quarter note to sort of put a, a note in there. But then when it's on the end, it almost feels like your space is now just a half note. And then when you put it on the 16th note, it kind of seems like your space is only a 16th note, you know, to be able to, mm -hmm. be able to fit in. So, um, so you have to be so precise and so in time. That's a, 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 excellent. That's excellent advice. Thank you for that. So one last thing before we go, because um, yeah. um, I'm friends with Steve, Stephen Wolf, Steve Wolf, who does oh. a lot of programming, especially here in New York and, and out in L.A. And he, he played on the uh, Katy Perry on the, on the track and program, you know, I Kissed a Girl. But yeah. I read that I read that you played on a, a, a remix of that. Right. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. So this is. This is probably 2006 or something like that. Like literally, I I learned I kissed a girl off her MySpace. Um, that's how you know, like her. They released the song on MySpace. That's how little Katy Perry was at the time. But um, I was working with this band in Toronto, and we drove from Toronto to uh, Baltimore, and we were working in this studio there, and um, we were working with sort of like the smaller producer under a guy called Matt Squire. And uh, at the time, Matt Squire was doing a lot of the big pop punk bands and all this stuff. And he was a with, with, with Doctor Luke, right? With 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 with, with Doctor yeah. Luke. Uh, you know, Doctor Luke wasn't there. So I I think what happened was he was hired. I'm not totally sure, but I'm pretty sure he was hired by Capital um, to to come up with like the rock version of this. Um, 
so it was going to be released on like a bunch of different like a remixes album or something like that because i believe there was also like you know a dance version and there was also there was all these kind of ones but right 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 club one. versions yeah yeah you know all that kind of stuff so he was hired to do the rock one and um they were gonna fly in this drummer from la and um but the producer i was with was like i got this canadian guy his kit's already set up why don't you just do it so um yeah so i just played on this track N had no idea i was just excited because i made 200 dollars. i was like wow <laughs> I, made, I made 200 dollars playing drums because i was probably like i was probably like 17 or something like that <laughs> so i was like wow i made 200 dollars, and it's a like 200 dollars american which is a lot that's you know that's a lot of money so I was just happy about that. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And I didn't think the song was very good. But then I went back to Toronto and I was like, I, I, I was at a, at a bar and I heard the exact version that I played. And I was like, what the hell? Nice. <laughs> See? Uh, a circumstance well, yeah. again. Yeah. Is how, how, how it works out. Yeah. And I haven't spoken to the producer. I haven't spoken to anybody. It was just this one-off little thing that turned into this massive session. Um. Are you familiar with Steven? I'm not actually, but he, yeah, so he, he, Steve, he did all the Steve, drum programming. He, yeah, he did Wrecking Ball and he did, I mean, he does he, Alicia Keys. I mean, he, he's, uh, he's like one of the main program guys for the last 20 something years, maybe more. And mm -hmm. then he was a touring drummer. He toured with Annie Lennox and, um, he played a lot with Heron Bullock, the late Heron Bullock. Um, okay. so he, he, he was a, he was a big player. Yeah. excellent excellent player and then he got into programming and producing and he went on to like his career he did all at one point he did like almost every record that was in the top 40 uh you know a good handful of records in the top 40 at a certain period of time and he's still he's still out there work working a lot he goes back and forth what's his name again stephen wolf stephen wolf i'm gonna check him yeah. out and did, and did you ask him about the track I'd love to know what he thought about uh, the, the. Oh yeah, well yeah, and Mon we did. A, we, I did a feature on him in Modern Drama, so it, it's all in there. We talk about we talk about the tracks. No yeah. way! Oh man, yeah. I'd love to check that out. You got to read Modern Drama. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Modern Drummer has been such a huge thing in my entire career. I think I I told you about this. Uh, I told you about this when we spoke on the phone. But I used to I used to have a paper route, and I saved up all my money to buy every single month's Modern Drummer. I was able to, at the end of like a month, I, I could afford like a cowbell and one modern drummer and I would do that every month. <laughs> and then when I was recently just in it, uh, in 2019, my mom just happened to be on a road trip throughout the States and she stopped at every single music store and bought all of the copies she could find. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Cause you, uh, Willie, the Willie who used to be with us, Willie Rose, he, uh, he did a, a little feature on you in yeah. uh, 2019, I think. Right. Yeah. That was 2019. I think yeah. September. I think, I think you, were, you, you were on tour, so it had it was right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought a cop I I bought I found my the first copy in um in Singapore. I was in Singapore and I called all these different places, all these music shops, and finally found Modern Drummer from America in Singapore. <laughs> wow, that that that's yeah, see. It's um we're gonna celebrate forty five years this year. Oh wow. So um, thank you for your support and uh, thank you for being a fan and thank you for being you and um, taking the time to do this. Um, hopefully people come out to see you guys uh, on tour and um, get on some records. Tell Sean, Billy said, let me play on a song or two. I, I can do it. 
I can do it. I didn't go to school. I can do it. Put me in, coach. I can do it. I got this. <laughs> well, I'm happy for your success. Continue success. And hopefully when all this quiets down, we can get together, have a drink and Absolutely. hang out. And then the next time I interview, I could hear everybody complain. Oh, you're just interviewing your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I would love them to say that. <laughs> you're a gentleman, Billy. Thank, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the Modern Drummer Podcast. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get everything you need for your next project today at Menards and save big money. LP SmartSide products are the number one brand of engineered wood siding. SmartSide trim and siding offers long-lasting performance and delivers the warmth and beauty of traditional wood. Save big money today at Menards and LP SmartSide products. Plus, visit Menards.com to view the weekly flyer and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money.